and welcome to SayPod. I am your host, Stephanie Timmy, and SayPod is a podcast focused on helping BAME women be um, with the skills and knowledge needed for them to be secure online. So today I am a Sajem Sengal, and we're going to be talking about IoT security. But before we get into it, I'm going to let Sajem um, just talk briefly about herself. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be talking to you today. Um, I was born in Istanbul, Turkey, and after finishing my university studies, I moved to the USA on a Fulbright scholarship to study wireless networks. So I I earned my master's and PhD there. And uh, ever since I worked as a researcher in academia and industry, um, and I'm currently a senior researcher at Nominet, which runs the .uk registry. At my current role, I focus on Internet of Things Mm -hmm. and currently specialize in more security related stuff. Okay, so I think for listeners who maybe this is the first time of them hearing IoT, which is a shortened version of Internet of Things, in your way, how would you define IoT? Well, this is a very good question because the term is very broad and everybody defines it their own way. Um, Since it's not very precisely defined, everybody understands something else from it too. The way I understand is looking at the components that make up the Internet of Things systems. So we have devices Mm -hmm. that normally do not connect to the Internet, find the ability to connect Mm -hmm. through the Internet of Things technologies. These devices are different than your normal computers. They are typically constrained devices with limited input-output, maybe computation resources, but they are Mm sensor-rich and um, they can use some communication technologies to connect to each other or to connect to the Internet, either directly or via a gateway. The data is very important. The data that's collected is what drives the Internet of Things applications. And these applications um, give us new insights about our environments or basically gives us the ability to create new services and that's why we see IoT in various different verticals from healthcare to smart homes to industry 4.0. Wow that's very interesting. I think when people think about IoT um, and internet things they normally think about Alexa or um, what's the other one? Alexa and Google Home and all those things. Yes, Nest in their homes and etc. Yeah. Um, I think the most recent one has to be um, with toys. So there's been a lot of discussion around toys and like the security issues around that. But from your experience, what would you say are the current IoT security challenges that you think are the most prominent in mm. the season and climate that we're in, but also ones that you think people, especially users of IoT products, mm. should be aware of? Okay, so again, it depends on how what we understand from IoT. So the term is so broad, so the security mm. is even more challenging. And the solutions for IoT is very, very diverse in terms of security. So we have to think first what type of IoT system we are in. Is mm-hmm. it an industrial system or is it a consumer system? Majority of the end users will look at consumer IoT products, as you mentioned, like a smart meter at home. Mm-hmm. The industrial IoT solutions will be factories being monitored and etc. And they would have different security solutions applied to them. Um, Regardless of what we're looking at, I think we should look at IoT as an end-to-end system Mm -hmm. and we should look at security from a device perspective, like how secure is the hardware, how secure is the firmware running on that device, 
how do we access to this device? What type of access control is there? You know, what, how do you set uh, usernames and passwords? Um, and this is the area where I am working on. Um, how is how does the communication secure? Is it encrypted or is everything sent in plain text? Mm -hmm. um, how is the data secured? Is it um, when it is stored? Is it encrypted? Stays encrypted or is it again plain text? And um, the secure software practices as well. Once I get a device, how do I know it will be updated and patched and constantly kept secure? It's not like you can just set it and forget it. Um, also usability. For consumer devices, when there is not typical input outputs like keyboards and screens, mm -hmm. people do not really understand how to interact with this device and how to configure it so that it remains secure. So these are the main challenges. Actually, I was going to touch upon the point you made there because when you talked about IoT and the um, challenges, it kind of reminded me that when you want to protect the IoT, you have to think about computers, for example. Mm. However, computer, you have to create your own password to access it you have to um, have a software to you know update it and make sure that mm -hmm. it's secure and all those things but the issue I believe um, that lies with IOT is the usability which you touched upon mm -hmm. and it's the fact that because people are not seeing a visual effect um, and you know how with a laptop you can easily you know put a code and work on the security but you can't really do that with the iot so i think that's the problem people not really understanding okay how do i protect um this particular device what do i need to use i know with computers you use mcfee but you also use norton mm -hmm. but what are the security softwares out there that people can actually buy to say okay this then protects my iot and i, and I can be safe with that um I also wanted to talk about when you talked um, about like access, which you said that is your specialty mm. and authorization. Um, with what we're seeing with IOTs, there's a lot of children um, using it and the ages of users for IOT is getting younger and younger. So how do we work in terms of the accessibility? Because if it's children, they may not fully understand what the security um, mm. measures are. So. I think it's just a quick question, so mm -hmm. you can just say um, a few points on it. Is in the children's case, do you think there needs to be like a software? Because I don't know, um, <laughs> in terms of like parental control to kind of mitigate those challenges. It's it will depend on really the end product that you're working with depends on the toy depend you know who manufactured it what type of controls are exposed to the end user so that's why it is very challenging every device manufacturer may be manufacturing a iot product with various different input output capabilities mm. and configuration capabilities i think the responsibility here falls on the parents. The parents need to understand the, you know, the device, the toy, before handing it out to their children, and be vigilant about it. You know, do the do the um, um, search on the manufacturer, understand its security posture, uh, understand whether these there are any issues about these devices. Because once these devices are uh, figured out how secure or insecure they are, they make the headlines. Mm. Make sure that there are no headlines about the toy you're you're buying for instance 
I, I love that that you say that people should do their research mm. and I think one thing I'm really trying to highlight especially with these mm. podcasts is there is not enough attention on the users part mm-hmm. when it comes to um, cyber security it's always focused on the companies and and you know regulations mm. and what are they doing but not really on what is the ownership of the user actually using these services and when you talked about the end-to-end um, mm-hmm. process I think visually it looks like first of all the company has done their bit now they've handed it to the user who's interested in buying the product now it's now passed in terms of let's think about a relay race the baton has now been passed to the user who then has to do their own due diligence and i like the fact you said research the company because i actually wouldn't have thought about that mm-hmm. um but it's actually letting people know that you have to take ownership you know you can't rely on ignorance or you know i'm not you know it's too much time consuming i want a bit of convenience Mm. because you have to think about your security and the way things are going and i think what's even more scary um especially with iot is things are becoming more integrated Mm -hmm. and because things are being more integrated a lot of data is being shared transferred processed more than before and then you don't even know who has your data Mm -hmm. um i know there was when i researched to look at what other things has happened in terms of scandals um i saw that even tv companies um users found out that when they signed their contract a part of the contract said that we can use your audio for advertising Mm -hmm. purposes and it's those simple things that you know it's just if you read the terms and conditions if you research the company if you do your due diligence if you make sure if you have a child that the iot you you know it well enough to then know where to put the boundaries Mm -hmm. but if you don't know it and 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 i think this is the case you know kids are becoming more um, aware of technology mm-hmm. and sometimes a bit more advanced than their parents. That is true. That is true. <laughs> uh, again, I think end users should be vigilant and learn more about the products. And also there is a ongoing debate about how um, governments or regulations should be should be looking at uh, regulating the IoT. And uh, what we see here is that um, the argument, the end user shouldn't be bothered to learn very specific way of configuring an IoT device because it could require technical expertise. Mm. The way that these devices are constrained and the UK government, for instance, uh, uh, for consumer IoT released 13 uh, guidelines as a code of practice Mm. for especially manufacturers of IoT products. And one of these is around uh, the uh, password uh, around passwords no easy to guess default passwords and etc mm. so if that responsibility sh- is shared the manufacturers pay really attention to these code of practice guidelines and create products that are easy to secure and then educate their users about the risks the threats their, whether their device could be you know could be attacked or a, a breach could happen that that I think together would definitely harden the security for IoT systems. Also, good things are happening in terms of general data protection regulation. Mm -hmm. So when the IoT devices collect personal data, now users have more rights in GDPR to question why their data is collected, to what purpose it is being used for, and stop processing if they disagree with the purpose of processing as well. So all of these combined will create a 
more private and more secure IoT system. What I liked um, that you said, just from listening to what you've um, discussed now, is you said that companies should educate users. And I think that there's a lack in that area is because even when they are educated, because the product itself is too technical, Mm -hmm. the person can't understand. So I think maybe it's important for maybe the government to have harsher regulations around the education aspect. You should have a booklet. You know, if you go to Ikea and you get furniture, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a booklet that shows you how to, you know, use it, the different functions. And I feel like this needs to be applied when it comes to IoT, Mm -hmm. that users can clearly see, okay, I need to do this, 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 Mm -hmm. almost like a checklist Mm -hmm. of things I need to do to ensure that my IoT is secured and that I am protected. I think from what we've discussed, what would you say um, in terms of, do you think that it's possible to contain or control every IoT security issues? Because I feel like what we've discussed is kind of the utopia Mm -hmm. version of what we would like. (laughs) In ideal world, yes. So I think nobody can claim that they can contain any security issue or uh, control every IoT security issue. And Besides IoT, in the wider security world, it is a continuous battle between security professionals and cyber criminals. Yeah. Um, so IoT is the same. There will be it will be a continuous battle. Um, but what I think goes far is maintaining a basic security hygiene. Uh, majority of the widespread attacks that we see that used IoT systems became possible because of very basic things. I, for instance, passports were too easy to guess. Um, software patches were not applied. Um, so if we just do the basic security hygiene, we would really go very far. Of course, we have to understand security and make risk assessments about um, what we should do, what are the appropriate mitigations. Here, the end users, consumers, may not have the right decision-making abilities and the manufacturers here need to help maybe choose secure options by default. Uh, and do not really allow the consumers to switch to easier options. Um, or for instance, the device comes with a very complex password, but then the user changes to one, two, three, four. That would basically not work, right? So yeah, I think um, from your experience, what would you say are the interesting stories or examples of, um, I guess maybe the lack or the over um, other side, so like security solutions that you really liked or interesting stories of lack of IoT security? I mean, what uh, drove me to what drew me to this area was the stories actually and um, one of the interesting stories for me was the 2016 attack uh, that Mirai botnet taking down uh, dyne which is a company that does dns services for very big companies like airbnb amazon and etc and since they were under attack by hundreds of thousands of IoT devices that flooded this service with requests. It was one of the largest denial of service attacks um, where terabytes of data was flooded into one endpoint, making that endpoint not able to respond to legitimate requests. So anybody that was trying to get to Amazon, Airbnb and etc., they couldn't get. And uh, that was basically showing me what happens when you have 
lots and lots of IoT devices connect to the internet in a very insecure way. And some of these device owners didn't even know that their devices were part of an attack. They were not, they were the owners of the devices, but they didn't bear the cost of that attack. One company had a targeted attack towards them by, by uh, building this great, huge botnet of IoT devices. So that's very interesting because when you talk about an IoT breach, you think about who the target is, who's affected. It's not always the owner of the device. But rather, it's the use of device, or device to actually target another mm-hmm. um, company or a different device. And I think when we actually see IoT attacks, it's normally the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I always find I always talk about um, toys, but mm-hmm. I just find it how you know simple things like a toy can be used to create a cyber attack. Yes, <laughs> you know uh, another uh, story that I felt very affected by because I have a little boy about these shot and IO showed how you can search the internet for nanny webcams for baby footage of babies it's very creepy but it's possible because these webcams are connected to the internet with very insecure passwords again it's it's all of these things that are connected to the internet without without really securing how they could be accessed or pen testers is always very interesting they um, do really nice demonstrations and one demonstration was very fun fun in quotation marks where the person did um, reset a kettle a smart kettle to factory settings and it still didn't forget the Wi-Fi access a password. So imagine you're, re- you're reselling your you know, IoT device. You thought it, you set it to factory settings, but it is going away with your password. And your details. And <laughs> even with what you said about um, IoTs and toys and nanny cams, it kind of links back to a discussion that we've had before, which is on surveillance. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting, it, this podcast shows that the IoT is not necessarily being attacked, but rather it's used as a tool mm-hmm. to do an attack, which I think should be um, like a highlight point for people is that IoTs are normally used as tools to create attacks rather than it being attacked. Um, itself which is when you said that oh, although the iot's and that um example you gave of the dns company although it was used in the attack the owners themselves weren't affected and wouldn't have known exactly so they the attackers make use of the fact that there's a there are a large number of devices insecurely connected to the internet where they can take over easily to create these botnets to attack other so it's almost the first step of a security attack so what would you say, you know, there are many IoT security frameworks that exist, you know, but however, I haven't seen any single industry accepted standard to date. And when I say that, I mean like we see different countries, sometimes even regions adapt, adopting, you know, a particular framework for their IoT security. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if we have one single framework that would be the answer to the security issues that we're seeing at the moment. I think since the IoT systems and the applications that use IoT are so 
diverse that we won't be able to get to a single framework because people would say what about the IoT systems in factories mm -hmm. they might have different constraints and requirements their applications and it is very different than consumer IoT systems and that's why we have so many frameworks but if you look at all of these frameworks in detail you'll see that they're more or less preach the same <laughs> things do this and do that and um, you know secure your devices secure the access secure the communication make sure you update your software etc these are common uh, practices that uh, you would find in every one of them um, so uh, the standardization is going to slowly happen but mostly all, all around best practices and people will adopt frameworks depending on their particular requirements and their applications they would say based on my requirements based on my application this is the best framework that matches our requirements and then that we will use that whether that becomes a standard they can comply against that would be a better thing but yeah okay I mean what would you say are in your opinion do you think there's any iot device that is more vulnerable than another or do you think it's all the same no i think there are different companies with different security postures and there are different uh products that allow different levels of security so if you're really really creating a very very tiny device with very limited computation ability and etc the uh, the amount of security that you can put on this device might be very limited but on the other hand you might not want to connect that device directly to the internet so it's all about mitigating like if the device cannot be secured then don't you know directly connect to the internet etc and what advice would you give um someone who is a victim of iot breaches whether you know you can give an example from an individual but also from a company well that's an interesting question and may involve legal advice which i'm not <laughs> in a position to give but that said uh, again the victim of the iot breach might not be the owner of the iot device so um since you're not aware that your device is involved in an attack, you might not be even aware that you should be taking steps to secure your system. So this is one challenge um, for the companies also under attack. Um, I think if the IoT breach resulted in data, you know, personal data loss or affected any type of personal data, there are definitely steps to take under GDPR and in the UK under Data Protection Act. And you would, um, for instance, Information Commissioner's Office, uh, their uh, website have a lot of advice on that as well. So you would follow those steps, basically. Um, can you just repeat the information um where they would go to just in case people miss that bit information commissioner's office IC ico they have a lot of advice around gdpr general data protection regulation um about what to secure how to secure advice for small and medium companies as well um and finally 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 i think the last question is what would you what would you say people should do to protect their device i know we kind of touched on it a bit when we talked about you know doing your basic security yeah. hygiene but what would you say are your top five tips okay so it, it is before the device actually uh the cost should not be the only decision driver so you have to make sure that you're buying with from a company that has a good security posture check whether the company has a policy or a guarantee on device and software updates um, and they have a scheme for um, vulnerability disclosures basically that 
if something is being found about the device, somebody could safely dis disclose that. Um, make sure you have good passwords on your device. Do not set easy passwords, but that is for all of our devices, not only our IoT devices, and do not share them. Do not share them among uh, multiple people. Um, restrict who can access the device, basically. Uh, if there is control on who can access the device and etc., or multiple users use the device, make sure that it's all restricted. Um, and when you're opening a device to the internet, make sure that only the necessary ports are open and uh, you close off anything that is not used, basically. That's why that's the way you harden the security of your device and make it harder for people to crack into your systems. Well, thank you so much, Sajem, for joining us in this podcast and obviously for giving us your pearls of wisdom. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> um, just a quick roundup before we go. So, SayPod is part of Sadia, and Sadia is a social enterprise that focuses on helping vain women build cybersecurity careers. And we do this through webinars, through our podcasts, but also through our events. On the 19th of July, we're going to have a learning table event which will have 10 people and within those that event we're going to have Carla Reffold who is the managing director of Beaches Meters which is one of the top cybersecurity recruitment company. We're going to be talking about um, what recruiters are looking for, how do you up your skills and most importantly we'll be looking at the gender gap between men and women from their reports. So not an event to miss and thank you for listening.